Hello and welcome to You Wear It Well. You wear it well. I'm Sophie Chirara and I'm here with Michael Saw. Hello, hello. Wearables editor and singer. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought it was good. All right. And, all right, <laughs> US editor Hugh Langley is here. How's it going? Hugh in the house. Yeah. Editors together. United. Again. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. This is probably going to be the best podcast we do. Hopefully. Putting, putting that out there. Yeah, no pressure. No Thanks. pressure. All Hugh's done since he got to London is like sleep, basically. Pretty much. I mean, I'm to totally out of it. So if I start spilling on God knows what, then just you'll have to understand <laughs> that I haven't slept for like a week. So So this is the awards special. Woo! Oh, oh yeah. Technically going out after the awards. Are we pretending we've had yeah. the awards now? Let's, let's pretend. Oh my God, can you believe the awards? <sighs> oh, after the train. I mean, <sighs> surprises all round. I, can I believe. can't believe James did what he did. And the, the alligator and the... <laughs> oh. I mean, the whole thing was just very strange. God. They're never going to let us back in Shoreditch Town Hall. Or London, for or that London. matter. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. I think yeah. just, just yeah. apologies so, all around. Yeah. We're recording this the day before the awards, but you won't hear this till afterwards. So we're going to talk about all the winners, basically. Wearable of the year. Should we start with that? Might as well. The that's big the, one. the big award. Big There's 15 awards. And yeah, that's the, the one everyone wants, probably. I assume so, yeah. So, Fitbit Alter HR. That was the big oh one. Oh my god. Shock horror. <laughs> I, when this first kind of became apparent this was going to win, I was like, okay. Like, you know. Yeah, I think it's Fitbit just like... Fitbit Alter HR. It doesn't have the kind of like flash or bang of many mm. of the others, so it might not seem obvious, but then when you, uh, when you kind of really think about it on balance, it just makes sense out of everything we've seen this year. Just a good balance of things. It's one of those devices I would actually recommend to people I know. And I think that's quite a good test with wearables. Like a lot of them are like, oh, this is really innovative, but would you actually tell someone to spend the money on it? And I think, yeah, I think that, that I think that's a really important factor here. There's a, there was a lot of kind of kind of unique, innovative kind of products there, but ultimately, I mean, I've seen a lot of people wearing the Alta mm, Yeah, so and I. Um, I think it kind of delivers all of the things that we kind of expect from Fitbit. I know they've had kind of new devices, and they obviously had the Onyx this year, but I just think as a package. The Alta mm. HR kind of showcases the best of what Fitbit can do and you know, from the sleeping to the heart rate, you know, and just kind of and a more attractive design, which is a, a direction they've been going in slowly but surely. And I think it kind of delivers on all those fronts. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of, of, of the wellness devices. It's like it just delivers. It feels like you say on all fronts. It's like you said about it's like the parent test for me. Like mm-hmm. if I was to buy either my parents a tracker, the Fitbit Alta HR would be a really good choice because on balance, like you said, from step tracking and like basic heart rate, and also the sleep tracking is by far the best I've used on any on any wearable. And I think that heart rate thing is quite important because a lot of these devices that were included in the awards do. I mean, a lot of the sports ones kind of offer heart heart rate monitoring, but it's about making sense of that heart rate data. And I think Fitbit are doing a very good job of keeping things simple, but also making that information useful. And I think that's really important because heart rate is going to be one of those core metrics for wearables. For you know, I think. For always and it's just about users knowing what it means and how it can actually kind of impact on their lives and i think fitbit have done a really good job on that front with the alter hr what about the ionic because that's the one fitbit is pushing we it's, didn't award that anything it, apple watch one the ionic is like if i feel like if this was in six months time the ionic would mm. have stood a much better chance but it just feels like an unfinished package at the moment. Lots of promise, lots of interesting things Fitbit wants to do, the, like the deeper health metrics. 
at the moment. It feel, I mean, there's barely any apps on it. We're, we're expecting a massive app store. That's still Mike just launched. wants music, don't you? Music. Just, just give me the music. Give me the music. Well, that's the thing. So in the States, we have Pandora streaming, but yeah. over here, zilch. I think that's the problem. I, I, the product we've got, it's launched now. The product we've got is... is there's there's missing features and it's a shame because there's a lot I do really like about it. I think probably you, you probably agree there is a lot that they have really delivered on um but ultimately when you think about what is to come and what's been to be confirmed and when I think it's a it's a bit disappointing on that front um and I agree I think give it kind of you know four to six months I think we'll be talking about a different device and also you know Fitbit have kind of talked in their earnings about doing additional smartwatches so i think Ionic this is very two much for the win uh, well you know this is a start i think this is just a start and i think we will see like different variations of the device we know the adidas edition coming but i think that's you know a bit more superficial in terms of the updating and the version but i think there will be other ones that will come out and i think yeah bit a bit too early maybe they should have uh, it did feel like they rushed it out to meet the apple watch yeah. and the sam the new samsung and, and everything else really yeah They'll never admit it, but that's definitely how it feels. I feel like it should have waited an extra six months. I'm sure it will sell well at Christmas. I'm sure it will. Um, and yeah, hopefully, it's a Fitbit product. Yeah, yeah and, ho- and hopefully by that time, maybe you know, it's still maybe you know a month until they start ramping, you know, ramping things up. That a lot of those things will be in place that we kind of hoped would would have been in place in the in you know in the first instance. So um, yeah, I think a bit too early to kind of really recognise Ionic on that front, but. Mm. I think maybe next year will be, will be different. Mm. So, as I just said, Apple Watch Series 3, one smartwatch, mm-hmm. which is not the most surprising thing I've ever heard. Apple Watch Series 2 won last year, but it was kind of unanimous almost, wasn't it? I know there were a few votes for like Gear Sport, maybe. I mean, Louis Vuitton Tambour Horizon came second, highly commended. Yeah. So that's kind of luxury traveler Android Wear watch, isn't it? Yeah, but Apple Watch was pretty much the clear winner. I think for me, the Gear Sport was very close, and in there were days where I was thinking it over, and I was a bit like, maybe the Gear Sport should win. Gear Sport fell down for me because some of the tracking stuff wasn't quite good enough, especially when I was testing it, the heart rate especially. Um, if that had been better, I would have considered it more. I really like what Samsung's done with Tizen and how that's evolved over time, and it really feels like the Gear Sport is the best Samsung smartwatch right yeah, now. Yeah, I like the Gear Sport. I think some of the stuff about that calorie stuff with Under Armour's apps, the swim tracking, the Spotify stuff, it's, it's doing something different. Um, but we, we've talked a lot about LTE already on the Apple yeah. Watch, but we all ca- also kind of said the Apple Watch won because of all the watchOS 4 stuff, right? Like, it's not just this LTE. I think that's the thing. I think, I think there was a kind of agreement in the team that it's, oh, you know, we're kind of giving it to Apple again. But ultimately, if you, you look at everything else that's around and I, mean, I can't speak for the entire team but of all the smartwatches that I've been using it's the one I would happily put back on again and it kind of seamlessly kind of use it again it just works it's not perfect it, uh, it definitely isn't perfect but it's the closest to offering that f- mm. that I in my I, you know I always made a big issue about the battery life in the first generation and you know it's still not perfect yet, but I have noticed massive improvements on that mm. front. And then the stuff that is happening in WatchOS four as well um, is is improving the experience mm. and in in a big way. And and with the LTE as well, it feels like the reason the LTE obviously we had LTE on some Android Wear watches before and on Samsung, but with the Apple Watch, it feels like WatchOS four is built around or designed better around the LTE, which I think is why mm. the LTE experience is a little better on the Apple Watch. Mm. I found anyway 
than other devices we've used, especially the Android Wear, where sometimes I'm using mm. the Android Wear, it just feels like it's a tapped on thing. It doesn't really feel mm. like um, it's crafted around that. Um, I think it was quite a strong smartwatch category though, wasn't it, with the shortlist? So we, we kind of bumped that up to our second biggest award for uh, the fitness tracker. I, I mean, I, to be honest, we should talk about the Louboutin because I'm mm. really glad that that's kind of got a bit of a mention because I think it as much as it's you know it's ridiculously expensive it kind of represents where i think android wear needs to go and what it needs to become to kind of really rival what apple and mm. samsung do the tag modular 45 is in the shortlist as well mm. yeah and these companies these kind of these watch companies these fashion companies i know we've talked about it before but they really are lifting what smartwatch should be and what they can do and you know as much as there's constraints around the changes they can make, the little change that they are making on the software front and the watch faces and the little kind of additions of the apps, it makes sense. It makes sense from that point of view. And I I hope this will really push kind of Android Wear forward. I think there's a lot, still a lot of potential. I still think there's a lot of growing that Android mm. Wear needs to do. Yeah, I think Android um, Wear still feels like the underdog, doesn't it? Even yeah. though there's all these brands who have got involved. Yeah. The weakness, I think, for Android Wear is coming from Google's end, which is not, in my opinion, doing enough. To push it, we talked about this recently. How the LG Watch Sport, and I went back and revisited it recently, and it's and it's still the most fully featured Android Wear watch. And while I agree that a lot of the fashion companies are doing great things for Android Wear, at the same time they're just sort of doing what they want to do, which is essentially putting their design, which obviously makes sense, and then like a few like faces and things mm. like that. But they're not doing. Uh, like a lot of the really expensive ones don't have Android Pay or some of these features I feel oh, like the should be all the fossil ones yeah we've all said this yeah should, said this. should be essential to, to, to that so I, I feel like I, w- I would have liked to see Android Wear do more this year and that's not coming talking about the, the brands like Louis Vuitton I'm talking more like what Google's done with the software Android Wear 2 was a big leap and then since then it just hasn't felt like we've seen any vast improvements. It's disappointing that the Watch Sport hasn't really launched like further afield. I, that's one thing. I, I don't know what we don't really know the reasons why it's kind of not really. Wait, glo- where did it launch then? So it's the US. Glo- the Watch Sport hmm. was US only, wasn't it? Sorry, the LG Watch Sport. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was launched here as well. No, it's still not available yet, is it? No idea. Oh, sorry. I, th- yeah, I thought it was. I thought by now it would have. I no. Okay. We'll check that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a fact check yeah. afterwards. <laughs> But it doesn't seem to have made any kind of splash, does it, compared to Apple Watch or like even Fitbit Ionic? No, and I think I think Hugh's right. I think it's now time for Google to really kind of think about what are the what are these features that really set them apart from what Apple and something are doing, and really push those and make people aware of those features. It and needs I think a Pixel Watch. They do yeah. Own, yeah, they do <laughs> own that Chronologics now, don't they? So I wonder whether we'll see because they did some really nice interface stuff. My, my worry is that just Google still sees it as a hobby and not a serious thing. And, and like we saw recently where it's took, taken Android Wear off its storefront yeah. and relying on, and I know it says, well, you know, it's been pushing for the last year to get, to build these storefronts. So it's clearly like committed. And I, I think it is, but it just doesn't feel as committed as I'd like to feel like Google's as excited like about Android Wear as other uh, rivals are about their um, smartwatches and other devices. Hmm. So 2018 Google. Up your game. Pixel watch. Yeah, we need a pixel watch. watch. We need a pixel watch. Wish list. Um, what's next? Let's talk. Should we do sports watch? So yeah. we've just been talking about a lot of watches that do sporty things. Like you said, some of them have GPS and whatnot, but none of those watches won. <laughs> do you want to tell us what won? Hugh, you're the big uh, sports watch man. Do you want to? You're literally. I thought you were. I was about to say you're literally wearing the Garmin. You're not. I mean, it, this on. is definitely probably the the category that I 
probably had the most input in just because I've used I think all of them on the list and, Mike was pretty adamant and yeah so the forerunner 9 through 5 was the winner and it's the, it's the watch I've been using the most I, I mean it's, it is ridiculously expensive and most people are not going to be able to afford it but it's essentially the best of what the Phoenix 5 has in a like a slim a slimmer kind of you know a more kind of comfortable design light to wear like you know day in day out and I think that's a really big deal and I think that's a massive kind of accomplishment for Garmin to be able to do that and I just think there's some really nice features that you really kind of grow to appreciate the more you kind of use it so the kind of training effect elements the kind of race predictor thing that probably is wildly off but still kind of has motivated me to kind of try and run quicker and it's not just running there's the swimming stuff and there's just it's the multitude of kind of modes that kind of Garmin kind of delivers and I think it represents the best of what Garmin are doing at the moment uh, from a smartwatch kind of perspective and just you know their kind of heritage and legacy in sports tracking well, and we've seen them just do so many devices this year as well it feels like it's almost been endless i mean there's a lot of strong gu- <laughs> there's a lot of kind of strong there's yeah. three on that short list yeah. isn't there like um, and i think that's so. no that's no mistake they have made a lot of really good uh watches this year and um i think it was kind of kind of a bit of an inevitable that it would and obviously it wasn't just my vote obviously i mm. i kind of pushed for 935 but it was kind of a, a unanimous i feel like almost a unanimous thing in across the team in terms of and the judges as well in terms of the sports watches that people use but i think that this polar was was close i obviously had my initial issues with the polar m430 mm. um from a heart rate perspective but um Paul, who did the, uh, our review, was very positive about it, aside from my issues. And in fairness, they rectified those. Can we just clarify? Let's just clarify yeah. what the issues what? were. Uh, well, I mean, it was having the heart rate monitor on the M430 was having issues um, taking heart rate readings on dark on my skin, like a darker on darker skin tones. And in fairness, Polar kind of recognised the issue. They rolled out an update, and you know, I've used it since, and it's 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 one of the best heart rate monitors that I've used wrist based ones I should say and um, yeah Polar, Polar's watches are, are coming on like kind of leaps and bounds and it's really kind of starting to rival what Garmin yeah their trackers doing. are good as well I find and obviously both have managed to squeeze out TomTom sadly which was yeah. the casualty but yeah. I feel like that was almost it felt like it's been on the cards for a while and like I say with the volume of devices Garmin is pushing out compared to what, what TomTom was pushing out maybe that was going to kind of happen in the end. And I think, you know, Polar and Garmin have been playing this space for years and learnt, they've learned quickly what they have to do to kind of catch up with the guys that are kind of focusing on smartwatches. And, they're, they're, you know, they're not, they're not perfect. I mean, you know, you, we've kind of experienced the kind of them incorporating a smartwatch feature and they're not perfect, but I think they will get there. And I think they're slowly but surely managing to merge those two kind of features and that people want from a sports watch. And also sticking to the core things like battery life and the data and the metrics that people will want. So yeah, it was um, it was a very kind of hotly contested category, I think. But yeah, I'm kind of glad that for a nine three five one, I think Ooh, it was the right. You love it. Love that watch. <laughs> well done. We should we can mention the Garmin won another award, which you yeah. might not have expected them to win, which is hybrid of the year, yeah. hybrid watch of the year, for the Vivo Move HR. 
I definitely think that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I really didn't expect Gomez being like kind of in the mm. running for that, but then they kind of released released the Vivo Move HR um, September October time uh, or un- unveiled it and um, yeah, it, it just f- first and foremost, it's a really nice watch, and then it kind of delivered on that kind of discreet, smart you know display, and it just. It just worked. I mean, you, you you've been using it, so uh, yeah, I, I really like it. I think like, you you hit it there where you said about the design because from Garmin, that's not something we've expected before. I mean, we, we like a lot of the Garmin watches, but a lot of them kind of ugly. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 surprisingly nice looking. Um, quite small, but yeah, there's this interesting idea of having a display that's hidden behind that pops oh, up I when you get a notification. It. So clever. It is. It's good. Um, I mean, it's not like you said, it's not perfect. There are things like like notifications on it. I just almost don't bother with because you can hardly fit anything on the screen yeah. but you know it has a heart rate monitor which I think makes it only the second hybrid we've seen I think yeah, the, uh, the, the Withings Nokia Steel HR was the first um, and of course I mean it's essentially the same operating system as the Vivo Sports yeah. um, so that you know they, they've crammed a lot in here I would like it to have GPS as well, but can't but have it everything. But it does look like a normal watch. Like yeah. That's the thing, it, it, it really watch. does. Um, the thing with hybrids, I think, in that list that we had, like Cronaby, Kate Spade, yeah. Scargan, it was basically very similar features, and then it was just which one do you like the look of more, or the design mm. of more, or the Frederick Constant, or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, whereas this one actually has something new that we haven't seen before. I think it's like, you know... The very fact the category hybrid watch it's about it, it, it's weighted towards that design and the mm. looks but also it needs to deliver those smarts otherwise you know mm-hmm. why are you why are you kind of buy it and not just yeah. buying a traditional watch i think yeah. with with garmin and cronaby i think they're kind of pushing what is capable from a kind of smart perspective but without impacting on the design i think that's a really important thing it still looks like a nice watch but it still gives you those mm. connected features and do you want to big up Cronaby? Because I want to big up Cronaby. Highly commended. Like, I, I st- you know, I still, I still love wearing the Cronaby. I think they've. I mean, it's a, it's a great, it's a kind of a great story. The guy, you know, it's guys who worked on the kind of wearable division at Sony, and they've kind of done their own thing, and they have like, you know, they put a massive emphasis on the design, and the what I think the watches look like beautiful, and but. Crucially, I think they've really thought about how they add these smart features in and what they can do differently. They're not just trying to offer what everyone else is doing. They're trying to think, well, how else can we use these kind of physical elements of the watch and actually make them really useful? So, you know, they're doing, they're now doing kind of smart home kind of support. They're kind of IFTT stuff, like recipe stuff, which is just a TT, IFTTT. I always do that. Three T's, um, which I, you know, I know a lot. You know, obviously a lot of kind of devices already do that and offer that support. But it's like the way it adds it into its watch. It's done in a very kind of seamless and kind of intuitive way, and I think that's why these two watches were the kind of the ones that kind of were dropped kind of first and second because of because of mm. that fact that that good balance. Yeah, we've seen a lot more from. I mean, obviously fossils turned out a lot more uh, hybrids this year, and some really nice ones. But I don't feel like. In terms of smarts, they haven't come on maybe quite so much. Yeah. There's been a few new things. But so Fossil Group won our Fashion group. Tech of the Year award. And I think you're right. I think they're kind of so close to getting the features right. Maybe it's Android Pay that they need. Maybe there's something else. But they're just kind of on the cusp of like greatness across all these brands. Like, you know, once they get that right, it's like Michael Kors, Diesel, Armani. 
and they're making all the Michael Kors hi- men's hybrids smart soon. So this, you know, this could be pretty big. And mm. I think we've seen with the sales as well for Fossil that they're creeping into that like top five. Yeah, so, as it becomes more affordable to just put some of this tech into like exactly. a dumb watch, as we call it, it makes sense to just do it and then you know, people don't have to use it, but at the same time, they don't have to charge their watch every day. Like you said, it does feel like they're close. I think the problem is you're just constrained, aren't you, by those things like notifications on the hybrid. I, it's just, it, there's no easy answer to it. I mean, unless even, you have the secret screen, even but, if you have the secret screen, yeah. but even that doesn't work yeah. perfectly. Um, and fossil, a lot, you know, a lot of its technology uses the hand movement. So it's like, oh, it's two o'clock. That means I've got a text from Sophie, but that's not perfect in practice you have to, it's, in yeah. practice you have to remember yeah. who's on what number and yeah. what app and it and it gets a bit a bit complicated so yeah there's, there's no kind of easy answer to that i don't know when it's but like you said a payment platform that makes way more sense so it'd be interesting to see if fossil introduced um some kind of payment technology of its own with fossil actually it's a shame that the new um the q neely and the q jacqueline we know of them they're the very small hybrids i think they would have been in the shortlist if we'd have tested them on time there's no again. There's no new features, but it's just so impressive, like how small they. Are. I've seen those Ascargan similar. Mm, I think yeah. the Michelle one is slightly bigger. And picking up the slack on those women's watches as well. Yeah. We haven't seen enough of, but it feels like we're starting to see a few more of it. Yeah, those, those two are really nice watches and impressively small for what. what yeah, I really like them. And again, it's that test of like normal people <laughs> who aren't tech people. Like I mentioned about the Michael Kors, I was like really liked it, and then showed Julie, our commercial director, and she was just like, yeah, that's too big, that's too chunky, just straight <laughs> away. Because she hasn't seen how big they, you know, they've been in the past. So um, just, yeah, her reaction was like, too big. I think, I mean, I think that's what's exciting. I think we should, like, the fact that Fossil are doing it in this in this number across so many brands and getting smartwatches or hybrid watches into the hands of people who just don't know that those features exist exactly and, and, and they're the in the shop thing. windows and they're yeah and this is the key thing like you know i i've seen enough enough people kind of pick these kind of or any kind of smartwatch or hybrid and kind of not have any idea that they're capable of doing these things and the fact that the fossil are able to create this design blueprint of these watches and just roll it out across the different brands i think is is, is exciting and i think but there's definitely gonna be more fossils next year and i think that's, well, that's gonna, gonna be, a be... Good thing hearables right and smart glasses they've kind of hinted uh, yeah, yeah, yeah handbags i still don't understand how i bet no it'll be a charging handbag that's what it'll be yeah. it'll be you can or charge tracking. Phone. You yeah maybe handbag. but um, it makes perfect sense for them to i don't know hearables interesting i don't know what that possibly how earrings could, i don't know what what do they have smart earrings. i mean glasses a glasses hearable well, yeah, which make, make yeah. most sense i guess for fossil um we've talked about this recently like how you know, we, we can see this hearable technology put into glasses. I like View have done it, and rumours that Amazon's glasses are going to do the same uh, using bone conduction technology. And I think that idea is really interesting, and I could definitely see Fossil. Yeah, definitely more so that. than like AR or something more futuristic. So I think, yeah, that award to Fossil was kind of also a nod to just like the scale of their ambitions mm. as well. Mm. So highly commended was Jacquard. <sighs> Which Jacquard. I got to, we got to try earlier for the first time, kind of. Try Are we even allowed try to on. call it Jacquard now, isn't it? Like, technically, Levi's commuter jacket. No, we're going to call it Jacquard. <laughs> that is what I decided. Levi's commuter trucker jacket. Got yes. Highly commended. I finally got to try it. I was really excited about that. Bit, bit on the big side for me. But um, I, I, I still like what it represents. And I think it's the first of kind of many of those kind of those kind of smart element 
kinds of smart clothing, smart garments, and while you know it's not perfect, and obviously Hugh, you've been using it, I think there's massive kind of potential. And what yeah, the fe- the features now are very basic. You know, you're you're just swiping and tapping the sleeve to change tracks, and you can get notifications on it. It'll vibrate and show a different color when someone's calling. Again, you don't have a display, so it's having to like make use of what it's got. Um, and there are little things like you know a counter thing where you can swipe and be like. You've seen one bird, two birds. Like, I mean, like... Oh, I, this, this, this is the birds. Yeah. About this, the birds. Come on, let's talk about like, the birds. I think so wait, should... that's, that's an actual current feature of Jacques. No, it's, I oh, mean, right. not specifically birds. I mean, it can be whatever you want. You can oh. you can put in the app, like, I want to count whatever, you know, yellow cars. And then when you you see a yellow car, you can that's tap so or swipe. Weird. And your phone will, will say it out loud. But these, these features are very limited right now. But, you know, that when I've met with the people who made it, they, they're saying, you know, they've got a big list and they want to keep rolling that out and they're going to be over the next few months. So there will be new features added to it and they'll be listening to what um, you know people want. They, w- they won't yet tell us like what the kind of initial interest is in terms of like sales and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an idea and it, it's good to see you know a lot of things happen in Google that don't make it out of the doors yeah. that we hear about. And it's just great to see one that actually has and people and can now go And it's Levi's. Like it's, yeah, we've been writing about smart clothing for years yeah. and it's never kind of had that that moment of like well Levi's has a smart jacket yeah not happened before. so I think it's like a showcase of like the idea and that's why we we nominated it I don't you know in practice it's not maybe the most uh, smart thing we've got which is I guess why I didn't win but um I I, I like it I like what it represents like you said um but not quite winner material I nominated it for wearable of the year <laughs> don't think it really stood a chance but just thought why not <laughs> But I think it also, I found quite interesting, just kind of giving that initial, trying it on initially, is that what impact does that, that tech have on the, the actual design of the clothing? Because obviously clothing is very much about, obviously it's about look and Levi's and having a really nice, I found the sleeves quite kind of... There's a bit, the, the, the um, sleeve with the connected bit is, is very rigid. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I wonder how, you know, if that's something they're going to have to kind of an obstacle they're gonna to have to kind of overcome in terms of incorporating that tech still and not i'm still making it really feel like it is just an, i mean it looks like a normal jacket but there's elements you kind of know it's different from a mm. denim jacket from a kind of standard denim jacket but as a first as yeah a first product, as a first though, like. yeah mm. absolutely um and i hope I, I hope they persevere with it i hope they i hope we see more jacquards that's the thing, like, again, like with the Google project, we see Google do things and something that does get out the door and then it doesn't really do great and they're like, oh, okay, and then it just goes Move away. Move on to something else, yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen this time because I think it ties into what we were just saying about the hybrid stuff of like and Fossil's like wider ambitions of like just putting this tech into existing things. Like you said, the, the jacket, you, I mean, it is essentially the same as the regular commuter, the Chucky commuter jacket. Just you know, other than that sleeve, you can't really tell, and that's the whole thing. It's yeah. Just like getting so that earlier, Paul was just like, "That just looks like a regular." Yeah. Day. Like he was kind yeah. of disappointed, wasn't he? But, <laughs> yeah. but that's what people are going to buy. The same goes with the, like the fossil hybrids and. Exactly. Yeah. And you get to the point where people just go into a, a shop and and buy it, and it just happens to have this tech in it. It, it turns out it. like people love like watching Star Trek and writing about it, or whatever, but no one actually wants to look like they're in a sci-fi movie. Exactly. You know, all of the time. Cool. Should we just go through any other awards we want to talk about? Any yeah. other fave winners? The VR area. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, we should definitely talk about yeah. VR. So Vive Tracker One. I was quite torn between this and Mixed Reality. That was another entry. Um, I think both of them are pretty exciting this year. I think the Vive Tracker, there was recently the news, you can like, put it on the Logitech keyboard. That was pretty cool. 
they're kind of using it to kind of I saw something about them kind of using it to kind of control robots mm. and stuff like that I think like Sounds it's great <laughs> I mean like anything with robots is kind of like you know it's always going to capture the attention but I mean you like Hugh's kind of had more experience there but I just think the fact that it's kind of evolving what VR can do mm. and what specifically what Vive can do I think it's why it kind of got my my vote um, I think it's especially good for developers more than, I mean obviously you can just go and buy it but it's what it allows developers to do like bringing any object into VR opens up so many possibilities especially yeah. as you don't you know we're not yet at the hand tracking point where you can just use your hands freely so it's an interesting it's like a stepping solution. stone exactly yeah. yeah and they're having some interesting applications you know baseball bats and, and guns obviously the pinata game pinata <laughs> like I mean it's, it's fascinating you just go and look I think there are like subreddits and stuff of just, just in forums of, of people who are just doing really interesting things with it and that is exciting and I think that's why you know when we sat down and talked about this award it was about like innovation and I think that really really is a you know, represent innovation for me in this area. Um, mixed reality, though, I know that, that was another front run. I think that was really interesting. I think what they're doing is really interesting in terms of making VR more accessible. I was using the Acer headset recently, and it's just, it is, it is easier to get it going and go in and not have to set up sensors. And more like the PSVR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah. So I, I think, like, what this, again, it's sort of scale of ambition. I think what they're doing there is really interesting. But, um, in terms of innovation, I think the Vibe Tracker was for me, uh, as we agree. I think yeah, it's a it's a worthy winner. So and I think it's your and I think it's your point. I think is important here is that it's giving those extra tools to developers because they're ultimately they're the ones who are creating experiences for us, and we want more stuff on VR. And I think if that's a tool that's helping them to do that, then you know, I'm all for it really. And highly commended was Apple AR Kit. So the the award was VR AR innovation. And yeah, Vive Tracker seem could be seen as quite a small thing. You know, it's an accessory to one headset that's quite expensive. Um, but Apple AR Kit is like huge. It's on everyone's iPhones, um, and the potential is is very big. Maybe not till twenty twenty. That's when the new Apple headset supposedly is rumors, going to come out. Rumors, rumors, rumors. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah. We're not claiming anything. I said supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's as we pointed out earlier. That's three years of us. You know, two and a half to three years of us talking about this speculation, and it's just going to keep going. But yeah, I think AR kit's good. The problem with the AR kit now is just it's so young. I mean, we're like weeks young, and I think that's what made it hard for us to, to say it's a winner. We've seen like the tech is cool, the applications we've seen are cool, but there are very few of them at the moment. Also, it's not wearable. That as well, it's not wearable. <laughs> True, no. currently. But we still it nominated it. It will be, I'm sure, at some point. But I think in terms of what it represents in terms of innovation, yeah, it's exciting, yeah. and there's no escaping that it's that people are doing some quite cool kind of things with it but yeah and it all goes towards the glasses like we said yeah I mean that is the obvious end game for all of this which will really. be coming out in 2020 according to Sophie fact according to <laughs> you heard it here first according to the internet <laughs> and then VR AR experience we had Resident Evil 7 for PlayStation VR which was definitely one of the most mainstream VR games this year something like 10% of total PlayStation 4 users, I think, were playing in VR, which is, mm. that's pretty big. You know, we talk about Rift and Vive and all the innovation there, but if you actually think what most people have, you know, aside from like cardboard or gear VR, it is PlayStation. Um, and yeah, here Mike was pretty scared when he played it. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like VR kind of horror games in general or experiences yeah scare them. they stay out. with you don't like, they, they I really don't do. like them I do not like <laughs> them but I think that's also a testament to the fact that like stuff like Resident Evil do deliver on that and if you want that kind of 
you don't really know you really want to go around the corner and kind of find out what it does do that and um I think it was just nice for from a PlayStation point of view to have a kind of triple A kind of publish it kind mm. of making a a VR game and a one that kind of didn't feel gimmicky. It felt like they really thought about how they were going to use VR to kind of create that kind of well, that was, Resident it, Evil experience. Yeah, I think like for me the reason it, it deserved that place was just because it was you know the fully feature length game in VR, which is what so many people want, and that's what everyone expected. And then VR happened. And it was like, oh, these are really short games because developers can't just put, you know, all these games into VR that overnight. Um, but Resident Evil 7 was like a full-length game in VR on the PlayStation, which is impressive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it did raise the bar in that respect. And um, it's kind of ushering in, I think, the end of this year and next year. Then we're going to have, like, Fallout VR. Exactly. We're going to have, like, what are they doing? Skyrim. Yeah, um, Doom. Like LA Doom. Um, so this is... This feels like it's, t- it's had to take this long because you know, it just takes ages yeah. to build a VR game. Someone good. had to do it. Someone had yeah. to do it. And uh, you know, I'm glad that somebody like Capcom kind of mm. went and, and said, like, we're going to try and make this happen. But, but people like Valve, who did kind of put their energy into these smaller yeah. developers, that was also really useful. A lot of them were kind of demos or shorter first-person yeah. things. I think we, we needed both, essentially. Yeah, and I think I, I think like you know I, I do think it, it deserved the winner, but at the same time like we and you said we have Doom and all these coming out. I think people are quickly realizing that these games aren't maybe the best way of you know it's it's the games that really think outside the box and think about and approach VR as a different platform that are doing maybe the more interesting things. But like I said, it's still like getting a full length game onto VR at this point. Like Resident Evil was with, really yeah, impressive with the ports. It'll be interesting to see who's like who's lazy and who's yeah really yeah, exactly. excited about VR. And then we had Star Wars Jedi Challenges. I still haven't played it. <laughs> it's upstairs. It's I will play it by the time the week's out. I've played it. I've played it. Uh, I think probably that James will. Uh, Probably voice his, uh, We've already talked about it. James voices disapproval for it not winning, but um, <laughs> I think I hope. Hopefully, I think what that will start is uh, there'll be more of those kind of experiences, and uh, hopefully, it's the kind of thing that maybe will help you know, kind of increase that adoption. Uh, the headsets, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we're talking about a Star Wars uh, kind of experience. It's going to sell a lot yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. Just the That's fact that it has be. a lightsaber accessory. I know Paul exactly. was disappointed. Although, it wasn't like the full. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is that is why I didn't get my vote. I mean, like, it's not a proper lightsaber, is it? Like, <laughs> but it's augmented reality. I'm going to think about how many kids it's are not like going, reality like, reality. The kids are going to be like, oh, look, it's not. But that's the point, you put the headset on and then it does. If it did, then they need to buy a toy lightsaber, surely. Kids have more of an imagination than you, because you're old. Yeah, I was going to say, note to self, just buy Mike a toy lightsaber for Christmas, (laughs) and he'll be happy. No, seriously, if you do, I would, yeah. You'd be happy, okay, good. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I haven't used it. I think the idea is cool. I mean, it's expensive, but at the same time, I still see them flying off the shelves at Christmas, because obviously the movie coming out as well, I mean, it's... And not just James buying them for his family. Just himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mass ordering. <laughs> so let's do a quick shout out to Smart Home Tech. Shout Ooh. out, shout out. Random, the up. random award. The random award? Well, not anymore. Well, yeah, so we can talk about this now because <laughs> it's after the awards. So the Smart Home Tech Award was in association with The Ambient, which is a new site from... Us lot <laughs> at wearable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the great guys at us lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. limited. <laughs> <laughs> that has been secret for a while, but will launch at some point in November, very soon. 
And yeah, we'll cover the smart home in the same kind of depth and with the same kind of, hopefully the same kind of personality that we cover wearable tech. And so this award we gave highly commended to Nanoleaf, everyone's favorite modular lighting system. Mike, I love the Nano Leaf. Uh, should have won. Should have won in my book, but uh, <laughs> it nearly didn't get shortlisted for for me. Didn't no. That, so, it was, they were like the so, underdog, so weren't thanks they? Thanks to Sophie yeah. for uh, get, for mentioning them. I, I the smart home thing is is interesting for me from a personal perspective because I you know there's not a lot of stuff that's really kind of stuck with me and kind of really struck a chord with me. But and it's just lights. It's just lights. But it just kind of the the idea of it. The kind of the kind of puzzle style layout of it. it it's just a really simple thing and it's desirable though I yeah think, it looks cool of, yeah. it looks it looks really nice it, like in a in a in a, in a room and uh, you know but do I you think, think it, it would fit any home because i feel like I, I it is like quite funky but i don't know if that means funky like philips, homes well philips hue <laughs> for example i can see like working anywhere but yeah. nano leaves is a bit more well, it's our award, Radical. so we get to decide. I don't <laughs> true, think Nanoleaf would look good in like a country home. It look, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I think um, you could, I can, you could see those in kind of flats and apartments and stuff. And I think that's, it's a, I think it works in enough places for it to, to kind of, I think, appeal. And I say it is just light, lighting, but it's what it does and how it looks and how it kind of creates that effect. I, I think it's just a really nice idea. And yeah, we all like it. Yeah. I think there's quite a few yeah. fans on the team. And then Ring won the award, which is kind of a bit of a surprise when you've got people like Nest and Sonos and Philips Hue. So Ring won, you know, you might know them from their Ring doorbell, um, which is, for you know, for one product is doing really well. And yeah, they, they're bringing out some security stuff, which is much cheaper than what Nest is doing. So it's kind of a nod for that as well. Um, that there is all this high-end stuff with all these subscription plans and, and all this kind of stuff, but bringing the price down is important too. So yeah, they won the Smart Home Award. And it's sort of become like it. a big brand name, really. Like a lot of people associate Ring that, and I think that's that's always a sign of something good. The same way Fitbit kind of owned the Fitbit yeah. category. Um, I actually don't use it. I don't know if you guys do, but I no. I Paul has it. He's kind of the the Ring man, but. But yeah, everyone I've spoken to who have who has got one has always spoken. I don't have a house, it. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm involved yeah. in the smart home side, but I don't have a house. All but the, yeah, yeah, like, all the people with houses love it. Yes, in the team. But yeah. then the, the kind 100%. of ring nano leaf double act is quite nice yeah. because, mm. like we're saying, there's people who rent or have flats will be interested in kind of smart lighting stuff that they can take with them. Whereas someone who owns a big house like Paul um, will will be more interested in like security cameras and alarms and and video doorbells that you can like scream at people from work. So we haven't talked about some of the smaller awards. There was Hearable. I, li- I like the kind of surprise awards. Mm. So Samsung Gear Icon X 2018, we were very impressed with, but yes. it got highly commended. Mm. And the Braggy Dash Pro one. I think we've we got the right people to talk about Hearables here because we're all big Hearable fans. So I think we've all got a, yeah. a kind of opinion on this. Yeah, we all, we all talked about it because we all had things. Like I, it was a tough one. It, it, this it was probably tough. was the one we decided at, like, at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the judges had their opinions too. I think they were Braggy and Samsung, weren't yeah. they, as well, the guest judges? It was definitely, yeah, it was definitely tough to pick between those two. I think, I guess we went with Braggy at the end because there is, it does more, obviously. I mean, it's, it's very much, it's ambitious. Not everything on the Braggy works, I think we'd all agree, but um, 
it's, it's ambitious and some of the stuff it's trying to do beyond just heart rate tracking and, and the audio stuff, obviously, but with like 4D menus and gesture control and this stuff. And that, translation and Alexa. And translation and Alexa. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't work all smoothly, but they're trying some interesting stuff. And some of it does stick. Um, and some of it will in like next year's model, no doubt, or whatever comes later. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot going on inside. And the, the Braggy always talks about, refers to it not as a hero, but an ear computer. And I think that's, you know, kind of accurate because it is it is more so than any others on that list doing you know it's far more functional mm. so yeah I, I think you know worthy winner I hope they continue to do what they have done and update um, the existing devices as well so like the Alexa update isn't just for the new one mm. you can get it for the the first braggy dash and kind mm. of like listening to users like you said it's not perfect so kind of mm. continuing to I like braggy as a company you know I, I, I hope they they do well over the next few years. Obviously, Doppler Labs, one of our shortlisted here of all companies, has bowed oh, out. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Here ones. So it's, it's a tricky time, perhaps, for smaller startups. Mm. You know, Braggy and people like that are aware that Samsung is really, really gunning for what they're gunning for. Apple AirPods, the next one might be smarter. So, that, mm. yeah, there's, there's the big tech companies, Google Pixel Buds, were too late for this shortlist, but they're coming. Yeah, um, I think yeah, Apple AirPods are eating up a lot of the sales at the moment. I think they know, you know, that they are a big threat, even though they don't do that much at the moment, at all even look that good. Um, yeah, Samsung's like the Icon X are just. I really like the Icon X mainly just because they're so much more polished and they've just come so far from last year's model, which were just very. I mean, the battery life was terrible and the tracking was a bit. The poor battery life on the Samsung is really much good, better, isn't it? Yeah. much better, much more comfortable. Um, just uh, overall, I just I just find them a, a much better hearable. Um, but like we said, wasn't quite as functional as the Braggy, which is why they. Um, and, and but sadly, I mean, like no one is doing what Doppler was doing in terms of the augmented audio stuff, and I think that's a shame. Wow, well, that's not true. That's not Ooh. true. I think New Hero <laughs> might have something to say about that. And I and you know they were they were obviously shortlisted for this award as well and I think they as much as it's a loss to not have Doppler Labs in this space anymore I think New Hero are actually doing I mean I've I use them a lot and they're delivering on that kind of augmented um, kind of audio side as well and I think while people will lament the loss of Doppler Labs I think there are other companies and I'm sure New Hero won't be the only ones no. that are going to be in this space. Um, I think if New Hero improves its design, I think that was my only some of, of its marketing. I guess Doppler Labs kind of just yeah. had this cool vibe, didn't it? Yeah. And it was at festivals and things like that, and the actual hardware design kind of stuck out in your ears a lot less and was quite discreet. So, yeah, some constructive criticism for New Hero there. <laughs> I think definitely if they sh- if they kind of make a big a bit more noise about what they're doing, yeah. they're doing really great stuff with their with their device, um, and people get more familiar with what they're doing I definitely think they're one of the kind of companies and kind of startups to keep an eye on kind of next year so yeah it's a it's definitely it was a definitely hot kind of very uh, kind of debated uh, category and I think yeah. there's some kind of strong mm. contenders in there but I think ultimately the the right device won the right company won and for the yeah. second time for the second so, time yeah well done Braggy well done should we race through some of the others that we haven't talked about so yeah. Well done to Circadia, which won Startup of the Year, London-based sleep tech company. And um, Saves the Day project, which is our tech for good. That was Revoice, Bright Sign, which is a cool um, smart glove that you can do sign language when you're wearing it. And then it has a little screen. Um, and so it can either translate into a text on the screen or it can read it out via audio. So that was pretty pretty cool winner. 
Hmm. Have we missed any more awards categories? Specialties shout out, or- shout oh, yes, out, shout out for Player Tech. Yeah, uh, I am a big fan. I use every week for my five side football. So uh, yeah, you had you had that. quite a nice a touch, right? When you were oh. playing well, that football, yeah, I mean, that we put no, in the no awards video. Ever, obviously, see the awards video, but I asked Sophie to put a great touch that I. Pulled off in this match, but she did not put that. I did, I did. That was not the touch. Um, I put a little back heel. Uh, you know, set never up. happy. This guy. This footage is available on request. Yeah, yeah. If you, you want to see it? I have. You're that desperate for fans <laughs> of see that, then. football or yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. Or player yeah. tech. Oh, well done, player three. tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then there was health and well-being. That was another new category. So there's, I feel there's a lot of like haptic stuff happening in health and well-being, which is cool. Like Doppel, Nadi X, Upright Go, Posture Trainer was our winner. Mm-hmm. Um, Think Relax Pro was in there. It was quite an interesting field. Livia, Ava, Pregnancy, kind of fertility tracker. Um, and then the last one is Fitness Platform of the Year, which was kind of another one. There's a lot of big hitters. It was like Samsung, Adidas, Nike, Fitbit. But Strava won. Hmm. Why did Strava win? <laughs> Uh, I think it was a there were some big kind of names in there but I think Strava have just come on kind of leaps and bounds with their platform they they actually I mean Hugh spoke to their CEO recently he's a, a guy who used to be at Instagram and mm. you can kind of start to see that influence in Strava where they're trying to create this social network that doesn't feel like a social mm-hmm. network and they're tapping into kind of runners and cyclists wanting to kind of share this information and I just think they've done big things this year and I think it's only kind of going to get better as a platform next year. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, you know, they're quite clear that they're not competing with Facebook and everything and they're not, but they are just creating a social network for this gap where there's an obvious gap there for, for runners and athletes who want to share their stuff because a lot of people don't want to share that stuff on Facebook. A lot of people do have being, you know, being friends with them constantly, like every 10 minutes sharing <laughs> the latest whatever. But I mean, you know, the, the, there's a lot of people who want to share that with other athletes so Strava stepped in and I think like you said the platform's just evolved so much and it actually motivates people doesn't it this is what people have talked about like the segments and you hear people saying oh you know looking at what people have done yeah and when you're talking about fitness then that's obviously really important and you can do Strava drawings oh, yes. oh my feature on Strava drawings <laughs> did so well everyone loves Strava drawings I think that's my favourite aspect of Strava. That's why, <laughs> they, they love it that's why well. I voted for it. Strava wankers. Can I say Strava wankers? Of course you can. There you go. Just Strava wankers. <laughs> I asked Strava. The, the people at Strava do look at those drawings quite a lot. They're keeping up with them. Okay. They're pretty interested by them. So there you okay, go. Cool. They're taking notice. We'll do a best Strava drawing award next year. <laughs> so yeah, you can read about everything we've been talking about on the website now. The winner's story's up. Wearable of the year. Op-ed is up. We're going to be doing op-eds for all the big awards, kind of explaining our reasoning and why they won. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the podcast will be back in two weeks, hopefully. We haven't been very good recently, but it will. It will be back in two weeks. It's a guarantee. And remember, folks, keep wearing it well. Mike always hides in his jumper when he's stressed. Do you know this? You might not know this. I have seen this Working before. across the world. I have, I have. I sense it. I just know. Mike, it's going to be okay. It's all bad. <laughs>